RadioInfluence.com. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Dark Delight Podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. It is Wednesday, Frank. It is. I have some things today. Um, I have, we have to go back to the Paul Pelosi thing. I have a couple clips we need to play. The, uh, the... F, the FBI, or the U.S. attorney, arrested or, or charged this guy. So he's federally charged now, right? Oh, before we go any further, can you raise your mic volume like a smidge? What do you mean? Just on your microphone itself. I'll just lean forward a little bit more. Oh, that works too. Because I'm louder than you because my microphone's sitting like literally in front of my face now. So whenever I listen back to it, it's like I'm like right there. I got to get some WD-40 for this damn chair, though. <laughs> um, so federally charged, read through the indictment that they, you know, filed. And I'm like, all right, you know what? Honestly, reading through this, it seems pretty cut and dry. We probably jumped to a ton of conclusions. The guy is literally admitting what he did, talking through it. And then I'm like, mm, let's just wait a little bit longer before we declare anything, right? So yesterday they they interview, the media writ large goes out to interview his neighbor. And I want to play this for everyone. No, that, that was not yesterday. When was it? That was the, the, the woman? Yeah. That was over the weekend. Really? Yeah, no, that, that's 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 a couple of days old. It, and and I had it for the show. And by the time I came on, uh, came on the air with for, with that clip for the show, every account that had already had posted that and reposted that almost every account had been suspended at that point. Hmm. Yeah. So and there's still there's still a lot of suspending being done. And well, they're not going to suspend that. us. So <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to on, on Twitter. I mean, I'm I know I'm going to play it. Because she F's up and it's subtle ish because they cover for her, but she screws up in this interview. That's why I thought it was done after the fact or a little bit later, um, because the narrative is already set and she screws it up. So let's play it. And, and it's only two minutes and 57 seconds long. We're, we don't need to play the whole thing, but let's let's play it. Hopefully you can hear. Just give me a thumbs up if you can. Our vehicle was out of commission. I was walking past and Gypsy's son was with a small little girl and he was on the bus and the little girl and Gypsy's son were walking away from the bus and the guy remained on the bus. And that's when I recognized his face. That's the only time I ever saw his face was within like the last month or so or a couple weeks. Do you know how long long he stayed during that? a couple months no, ago? No, we try to just avoid them at all costs. Okay. Until but, they, you know, bother us. Okay, but so the last time you saw him was a couple weeks ago? Yeah. And he was here for a few days? Yes. Okay. Anything strange about him or anything that stood out? There's something strange about the whole household. <laughs> the entire household is very, very strange. How about him? Um, uh, he is birds of a feather with uh, akin to them. So they are just you know, nudist drug abusers, and that's who gravitates toward them. And the children, I'm sorry, the children who live there, they seem to be underage or under 18. I'm not sure how old they are. Okay. And Trisha, again, what's the, what do you say their politics are? Um, I'm not sure. I would imagine that they're more left-leaning because of their support for uh, um, 
the gay community um, and for, uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> for other people, but uh, it is, uh, now I'm not sure what way they lean yeah. because. Now I'm not sure what way they lean as she's staring at the reporter who's going. Uh, well, well, she well she knows how she knows how. I don't I don't know if the, the reporter's telling her to stop. I think I think she's just being honest. You're talking about Black Lives Matter and rainbow marijuana flags out there. It's very easy to infer where a person may stand politically. She's coached. She's coached. Okay. There is no doubt. I watch her eyes. I see her body language. She may, she's actually, I'm sorry. I don't remember. I think, no, she's coached. This is coached. So what? So, so she was telling the truth and then she retracted it. Yes. Or she was always up there to tell a lie and the lie was supposed to make it look like uh, the, the origin of a right wing conspiracy. She was supposed to say either she's not sure or she thinks he leans to the right. And she started being honest. And you can tell the change in her facial expression as she realizes that she screwed up. Maybe she screwed up on her own because she didn't want to make it so that he was left leaning because she is too and she doesn't want. But it doesn't seem that way to me. She messed up. Now, let's finish. Because they have the flag, the LGBT flag. with the Yeah. Pot, yeah. So. But any signs of anti-Semitism? You know, they are completely unhinged, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, completely uh, unhinged. It, it, they, nothing that they believe in aligns with their actions. So they'll say that they are, you know, pro-Black lives, and then they'll call the police on Black people. They sound like liberals. <laughs> that's a, that's that. The problem, I, yeah, I mean, I know, but the problem I have with her is that she started off telling us that she has no idea about them really at all and doesn't spend much time about that with them and she runs away from them and runs in the other direction and the only time she recognized him was once in the past month and they stay away from them at all costs and now all of a sudden she knows everything about the guy and what his political leanings are. It's just very weird. You know, what's going on with this? I mean, for me, like I was saying last night when I, I brought a, a few a few of these points up, um, I was reading that Yahoo article that, of course, shocking details blow conspiracy theories out of the water. And it's just an article that takes every contested point one by one where the hammer came from. Did they know each other prior? Blah, blah, blah. Every point imaginable and just pretty much gives a uh a, a new face to it and uh, i mean I, I don't know it was an important story for the reason that uh it was being debated on semi-new twitter it was uh tremendous to watch this stuff all happen but i don't it's it just it's being swallowed up by the cleaners now there, there's more here, let's listen to Tucker last night. This is important for other reasons, like it really is. Hold on here. Highly unsurprising thing about David DePappi. He's also an illegal alien. Today, Fox's Bill Malugin learned that DePappi, who was originally from Canada, has long overstayed his visa. So he is currently in this country illegally. So to restate the perpetrator in this violent crime against Paul Pelosi is a mentally ill, drug addicted, illegal alien nudist who takes hallucinogens and lives in a hippie school bus in Berkeley with a BLM banner and a pride flag out front. So take those uncontested facts and let them rattle around your brain for a moment until a recognizable pattern emerges. 
What does this sound like to you? If you guess, this is obviously a textbook case of homegrown right-wing extremism. <laughs> well, then obviously you've been watching a lot of cable news today. Here's a selection. I but here's what interests me. Here is the AP talking about his court-appointed attorney, okay? He says after they they say after the hearing, his public defender, Adam Lipson, said he looks forward to providing him with a vigorous legal defense. He said his 42-year-old client's shoulder was dislocated. And then he says, we're going to be doing a comprehensive investigation of what happened. We're going to be looking into his mental state. And I'm not going to talk any further about that until I have more information. And then he said he later said he was pleased Paul Pelosi was improving and urged the public not to pass judgment on what he called a, quote, complicated situation. What's complicated about it? My personal view is still that this is a not necessarily an operation to achieve one thing or another or a false flag, but a cover up for a man who's out of control, uh, Paul Pelosi, he's had a really rough year. You said it yourself, the guy's a liability. I, 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 I see this as a major cover-up. I don't I don't care what they publish at this point. Mm -hmm. It's all lies. Mm -hmm. The patch job is almost, they're just trying to put a new terrible face, a new a consistent face. It's still going to look like a corpse, but they're going to try to put a consistent face on all this weirdness. The election is in seven days. And then this is going to become a footnote, one of many from 2022. I don't think there's much behind. It. I think it's a cover up for more degenerate behavior. This is the lifestyle that people live. I mean, I, I keep going back to Ed Buck in my head. I can't get get away from Ed Buck. Um, Capitol Police failed to monitor House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's home during despite a 24-7 security detail, cameras around her home and record numbers of death threats. They, and do you see uh, people have released? I saw a compilation of, of uh, pictures. Uh, people have released a, a really amazing uh, documentation of how much how many cameras are actually on the property. There are cameras all over the property. Aside from there needing to be a twenty four or seven detail, they got the cameras. They got God knows what else, and nobody re will release any of those those the camera footage nobody will release the uh the footage of the police officers nothing and nothing. they're blaming and it on a a unhinged right-wing conspiracy theorist QAnon follower so that's what i'm saying i if know you're, but if, the if you're gonna go that way you have to release it you have to release it the problem is frank is that you th you think this is just a, a cover-up that is is gonna you know that's just there to you know Put, put lipstick on the pig that is an overly sexually promiscuous 80-year-old Paul Pelosi. I look at it as a way that these unhinged tyrants are further classing the American who even steps over the middle of the line as a domestic terrorist and will use anything they can to pound that narrative home. And if you've got the letter Q anywhere on any of your social media... Beware, because any time that one of these idiots messes up and their husband's caught diddling some man somewhere, you're going to be the one who loses your rights. It's important to me. I don't know. I think it's a big deal. Oh, well, yeah, that's part of the cover up. I mean, if you if the, you seize upon opportunities to steer something and make it your own. Uh, to, it's the wrap up smear. The, what's that? The wrap up smear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, that, yeah, that, absolutely. 
comes at the this is part of all of that stuff and uh they don't really have any october surprises i mean it's it's, it's very bad for them out there they have the polls they have whatever the hell else they're going to throw our way um but this is just okay well uh we, we got to turn lemons into lemonade so the cover-up needs to, to get in place because whatever the hell is going on in that house uh it can't can't really be told the way that it happened and um and it's not enough just to say man a crazy guy just happened to break into nancy pelosi's house he has to be a right winger so and, and that's the other thing if they were reporting it as very tragic random act of violence over there in san francisco nobody would something, be no, nobody would say anything. Mm-hmm. It would actually be par for the course. Everybody knows San Francisco's a, uh, 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 you know, a mess. But um, but if you're going to if you're going to cast aspersions on your political enemies, then you have got to show all the footage. You have to you have to show that stuff. But they they, they need they need the weapon, but they don't want to. They they don't want to release anything because any, any nothing goes with their with their narrative at all nothing. Yeah. Um. By the they screwed up. I mean their October surprises. Let's just take Herschel Walker's race for example. They tried everything on that dude. I mean they tried two abortions he funded, which he never really funded. They tried his kid coming out against him. They tried uh, women saying all kinds of nasty things about him. They tried Gloria Allred out there. They trotted her out there to represent one of the Jane Doe's they were bringing forward. Nothing worked. It all just made people want to vote for him more. As a matter of fact, his support amongst women skyrocketed after the second one. Gloria Allred and her dumb daughter came out, uh, was working with Media Matters to to do this very same thing remember they remember they they raised nearly three quarters of a million dollars to find any last minute sexual accusers against trump in october of 2016 yeah yeah and they they couldn't find they couldn't find anything they, they're just saying this any was anybody did anybody have trump graze their nipple in a the, fo- the frozen did, <laughs> did the trump frozen once session. walk past you did he once walk past you in a frozen food aisle and his elbow grazed your nipple please come <laughs> forward they were desperate for anything and they did is. file that jane doe suit with all those weirdos that said he raped him they raped him he raped them insanity um, we're going to s- switch gears a little now and the end of the show, I have a lot of fun stuff, Frank, but we're going to get a little okay. heated. I don't know if you had a chance to read that Atlantic piece. Did you? Uh, I hope oh, you yes. Did. You did read it? Yeah, I did. It. I did it the other night. I want to read through it today on the show because it, it set me ablaze and Twitter was ablaze. The ratio on her right now is we're looking at uh, 32,000 comments to 8,000 retweets. That is a hell of a ratio and well-deserved. Um, Jeff Childers had his Coffee and COVID newsletter come out this morning. And I, I, he's very like, she just is trying. And, and I'm like, Mm-mm-mm-mm. this is their attempt at a narrative switch. Um, it has nothing to do, I don't think, with her personally being upset that she was wrong about scaring the cat out of her four-year-old to the point where he had to curse at people, or not curse at people, but yell at people on a bridge that were too close to him. But I want to read it. Do you want to read it? It's short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. And I want to get your comments, too, because... Sure. In April 2020, with nothing else to do, my family took an enormous number of hikes. We all wore cloth masks that I had made myself. 
We had a family hand signal, which the person in the front would use if someone was approaching on the trail and we needed to put on our masks. <laughs> you know what I see in my head when I read that? What? First, first thing, oh, wow, how, how Martha Stewart of her. I'm going to make us masks. Um, but then I, I started thinking of Forrest Gump when they're walking through uh, Vietnam and uh, they got the hand signals that everybody <laughs> has to go to their side of the road. And it's <laughs> this stupid family of idiots. Once, once when another child got too close to my then four-year-old son on a bridge, he yelled at her, social distancing. Remember these people who were still doing this like as, as recently as like four or five months ago to you? Because I do. Uh, yeah, I, 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 was, I was called a jackass online in, in CBS last year in I february i remember you said that because i had a nostril exposed don't expose those nostrils frank you never know what could come out of them you I just don't know back. <laughs> wish i can go back so she's one of the people that scared the hell out of her child in favor of the hysteria that ends up and we knew at the time even was a non-issue. Like one of the things that we always talked about was how little kids were affected by this virus. It was one of the constants throughout the entire thing. Like kids aren't really getting this. And if they are getting it, they're handling it fine. Uh, my son has had it twice. Um, He's done well with it both times. I mean, he was sick the first time he got Delta. And then the second time he had Omicron, he got Delta and Omicron. But he gets colds a lot, my son. He, even though he's very, um, he's very pure-blooded, very pure-blooded, he still gets sick a lot. So anyway, I never scared the hell out of them. Um, the, these precautions were totally misguided, she admits. In April 2020, no one got the coronavirus from passing someone else hiking. Nobody has ever gotten any virus from passing somebody hiking. Never. 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 Like, you know, the other thing, the other, the other thing that we were able to do at that point was also... Uh, also be confident in the fact that anybody who was not symptomatic was not going to get you sick. And that if you were not symptomatic, you weren't sick. That's, that's, that, that's it. Because, because the WHO told us, but they had to no, 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 no. You're going to ruin this way too early. Yeah. We, we need everybody to think that even if they're not sick, they can get other people sick and we need to test them incessantly until we find something. Let's test the healthy because that's what we always have done. Um, our cloth, uh, uh, our outdoor transmission was vanishingly rare, she says. Our cloth masks made out of old bandanas wouldn't have done anything anyway. But the thing is, we didn't know. But you did know. But you did. That's the problem, Emily. You did. That's you did. the issue. <laughs> like you were, you were either walking along. You were either will. Now I, I don't. I would not put this on because I, I, I dug a little bit into her. And I saw she she was skeptical, personally skeptical at times, and she was afraid for what the, the shutting down schools was going to do to children. So it wasn't like she was part of, from oh. what I can tell, part of the, the, the brain trust here. But she was, but it's because of compliant nincompoops like her that everybody else really did not stand a chance against the critical mass, at least for a while there. And not, not, not if you wanted to go and do any kind of grocery shopping, you know, there's, you, you just had to put the mask on in certain places. It's because of idiots like her who lost all sense of common sense and all connection to it. Unapologetically data-driven, she says she is. 
while she said that the virus, uh, the the uh, pressure campaign against people who are still unvaccinated isn't working. So she needs to escalate it now to other ways to get people to vaccinate. This is a vaccine tyrant we're talking about here. I mean, legit, yeah, there's plenty, plenty on her. She is like, she she is what you were just talking about in the way that our friend Leanna Wen is what you were just talking about. Yeah, and she did a 182 because her her kids have a lisp now or something. To hell with you. Terrible. She says, I've been reflecting on this lack of knowledge thanks to a class I'm co-teaching at Brown. Oh, look at you. On COVID. Um, We've spent several lectures reliving the first year of the pandemic, discussing the many important choices we had to make under conditions of tremendous uncertainty. Do you remember, Frank, we were talking about COVID in December and, and November of 2019, me and you? Yeah. And we were saying how weird it was. And we were even a little bit scared because we were like, what the hell is going on here? We, I don't we, even think they had a name for it at that point. No. And and we were talking we were talking about how we we, we called all of we did this. We I, rem, I remember having these conversations with you. I did early interviews and in like very early 2020 where we were saying what was going on here. It, well, I had a buddy uh, who claimed who. He says, Frank, 100%, I had this thing in late November of 2019. And and when we started looking, and then when we were, when we were able to actually collect the the pieces for, um, you know, the, the, the event 201 pieces, the military games in Wuhan that was uh, earlier in, in November, you think about how easy it is to, you know, how, how much international air travel there was for the weeks afterwards, that that's... It's it's totally plausible. People were already getting it in November and and uh, in December of 2019, and it was just being categorized as nothing to see here flu. But once the media sank their fangs into it, then of course whatever the hell it was was not the flu anymore. The flu wasn't the flu anymore. Uh, pneumonia wasn't the flu anymore, and they had to just cr- everything else. Did have you seen? The breakdowns, the, I forget who did it. It might Maybe it's Pew Research or something. But there is a uh, 50 states map that I saw that shades the darker blue is the higher the in, the uh, the infection rate or whatever. The, um, but you can see in California, New York, the Northeast, Colorado, places where you have a very just a high density of liberals who just latch on to these these metropolitan news outlets and whatnot, mm-hmm. how they are experiencing long, long COVID like like 10 times more than anybody else. So you mean vaccine injury? Well, you, either vaccine injury or, of course, the, the mental emotional uh, commitment to this. Some people, where- there are people that I know personally that like Gigi, my dear friend and works for me, who lost... God knows how much hair. I mean, she had she had COVID really bad. Like, oh, I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying that that that, that at the after the afterwards isn't real and that it doesn't linger in some way. But but it's a mental thing. To say that, yeah, to Emily Oster's point, there's something there with actually devoting your heart and mind to this. Yeah, no, I I I I, did, I agree because a lot of those people will find a like latch onto a symptom and make it a greater 
cause just because of their like instability, like almost like, and I don't like hypochondria, but not really. I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to say, but you're right. I agree with you. Um, I, that's what I said. The most, the one thing that we have seen, the combination that we have seen that has obviously proven to be totally deadly is the combination of hypochondria and propaganda. Mm -hmm. It, horrible people lost their, their minds forever it, and you know that's why i kind of push back against the one theory on this that it's it's mass formation height psychosis is the explanation for all of it because this was such a multi-faceted human experiment that one explanation could never explain everything that happened there were so many different verticals of people that reacted in different ways um but this this woman just wants here. Some of our choices turned out better than others. None of them were good. None of your choices were good. She says, to take an example close to my own work, there's an emerging, if not universal consensus that schools in the U.S. were closed for too long. The health risks of in-school spread were relatively low, whereas the cost to students' well-being and educational pro progress were high. The latest figures on learning a lot loss are alarming. But in spring of summer of 2020, we only had glimmers of information. Reasonable people, people who cared about children and teachers, advocated on both sides of the reopening debate. There was no reasonable debate in the summer of 2020, Emily. There no. was no reasonable debate. It was your way or everybody can die. That was yeah, what it was. And even worse, what we found out later on is that the people who are really making decisions on it were the teachers unions. Mm -hmm. That mm -hmm. they were calling the shots on in that respect. The teachers unions. I mean, this is an this is a a virus that fundamentally changed snow days for every child that is in a snow ridden area because now they just do virtual and the kids are stuck in school all day. <laughs> like the little I know that that's like be, I'm being somewhat facetious with it, but my kids were affected by this. So many people decided they were going to start homeschooling. It also sparked the revolution on teacher kids parents being more involved in the school system so it had its positives for us because people started to see what the hell their kids were being taught and say whoa I never knew that this was going on and then become more involved in school it, it sparked a revolution that has several positive aspects but y these people and Emily were tyrannical with anyone who disagreed with them there was no discussion about any of this shit zero we were censored we were, how many kids, there were so many kids who committed suicide during this. I know, uh, I, I I knew of one personally, uh, but it's it's horrible. Uh, the, the addictions, divorces. Beatings. Uh, it's terror, it's terror, it's just terror, terror. Because you know the other thing there too, I know you can say, well, listen, if a man and a woman who are married together can't, um, can't they if the marriage can't survive everybody being home for a little while then what the hell is that marriage no but there's so much more there um there you're talking about people who are stewing in terror their 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 personalities are changing mm -hmm. they're becoming people that they weren't prior yep. to the virus they were they're becoming people that they weren't in any way shape or form uh when they met each other then you, on top of that, you add the stress of losing your job, losing your business, a family home, a family farm, whatever the hell it is. Uh, that's it. That's it. While you're it, watching so strip clubs and liquor stores and big box retailers open for and business. And Nancy Pelosi. And Nancy Pelosi sneaking in to get her hair cut with no mask on and six funerals for George Floyd. 
in the middle of you not being able to marry, to marry, to bury the grandmother you lost in a nursing home that you were stuck staring at from behind a plastic wall of glass from outside in some cases, who either died of COVID because they stuck her in a room full of COVID people or died of loneliness because she had zero contact with the outside world. Forget that, anybody who was hospitalized and died because of poor treatment, people in the ICU having their phones stolen from them. This was a crime against, an ongoing crime against humanity. Let's keep going here though, because it just gets better. Another- Emily Oster, Emily Oster is is a, is like the embodiment of those dumbasses out there who thought that they were helping. They were helping by making those those two way huggable huggable plastic sheets. You can hug people by through a plastic sheet. They stripped Dumb. our humanity away from us, and then when we were upset about it and tried to show them that the science didn't advocate for it, they they wanted to literally burn us at the stake. And now this ish is up there asking for us to just let all that go and put it aside because it's not all that important, guys. We need to get to some place where we're on common ground. I say absolutely effing not. No, never. You're going to pay for what you did and none of us are going to stop until you do. Another example, she says, when the vaccines came out, we lacked definitive data on the relative efficacies of Johnson & Johnson versus the mRNA options from Pfizer and Moderna. Full stop. You know nothing. You've learned nothing. Still to this day, you know nothing. You're about to prove it in spades, but we'll keep going. Can you, okay. The mRNA vaccines have won out, Frank. (laughs) They've won out. And she links to, what is she linking to? Hold on. I'll find it. She links to something ridiculous. Um, But at the time, many people in public health were either neutral or expressed J&J preference. Where the hell was she living? Who was neutral in public health? No one. No one. No one. Uh, Anybody who was even slightly outside of the uh, Anthony Fauci status quo was actually having their names turned to mud. There was there was no room for neutrality. They're still removing medical licenses and board certifications from doctors who dare speak out about any of this. Not to mention this same. Now she's going to get to the part that I really, really, really despise and really sent me over the edge. Obviously, she says, oh, wait, this misstep wasn't nefarious about the vaccines, Frank. It was the result of uncertainty. So Miss Data Driven wench which i would call you to your face where is your data on the efficacy of any of these vaccines other than to cause death and injury well you can't you can't provide data that wasn't collected so then advocating to get something based on uncollected data that's data driven like you would think she would have been the most hesitant given her bio Like, there's no data on this. Perhaps we should wait. I do everything. I'm I'm unapologetically data-driven. So I'm going to wait on this. No. She was out there saying that we should be locked in our homes, unable to travel. That's what she was doing. Okay, here we go. Obviously, Frank, some people intended to mislead and made wildly irresponsible claims. Like you, 
Remember when the public health community had to spend a lot of time and resources urging Americans not to inject themselves with bleach? That was yeah. bad. Which which nobody was doing. No, it, he never said that. It was completely concocted. And the reason it was concocted was so that people wouldn't seek out early treatment that was safe and effective, you see. Yes. So let me tell remember that woman, we covered this in depth, the one who poisoned her husband that they latched with, onto? With the fishbowl cleaner. With the fish cleaner. Yeah. They let, they tried everything to stop people from taking early treatment that was safe and effective. This woman literally was res probably responsible with her rhetoric for people dying. And, and, and she's pointing the finger over here saying that the president never said to inject yourself with bleach. And I can tell you right now, nobody save the crazies, which are very few, is going to take a syringe and inject themselves with anything, let alone bleach. I don't even know how to describe people like Emily Oster. It's like, uh, it's almost like if you're, you're in a group of people, like a, a classroom or something like that, and suddenly somebody, somebody, I don't know, I mean, like the class, whoever, I don't know. They 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 go nuts. They start painting their face. They start doing this very weird tribalistic dance. <laughs> they 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 strip naked and they they wiggle on the floor, and then they they just kind of like wiggle out the room and nobody sees them anymore. And then they come to their senses when they realize that they're alone in a bathroom and nobody's with me. And wait, maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Everybody's still alive and I'm just nuts. And she starts washing off the face paint. She tries fixing herself up and tries sneaking back into the back of the classroom again to kind of just be like, oh, nothing ever, no, nothing ever happened. I have this part. And like everybody's looking at her like, what the hell are you doing? Betty? What's wrong? You need to be in an insane asylum. Oh, no, 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 no. I think we all should just um, declare amnesty here. We didn't understand each other. Your, My, your, your example is I'm, I'm going to skip ahead which I didn't want to do. But given you just said that, I want to play this. You ready? Look, 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 look. They want everybody to forget and forgive everything that happened during the pandemic. We were all in the dark. We were all afraid. Like, nah, bitch. Like, that was like we all got kidnapped and put together on an island. And then all of y'all bastards were like, we should eat them. And we're like, what the fuck? And then now they took us off the island and we're just looking at you on the ride home like, and you're like, oh, wasn't that crazy? And we're like, nah, bitch, you tried to eat us. <laughs> I didn't kick you out of no stores. I didn't ruin your job. I didn't tell you you couldn't come to the family reunion. I didn't tell you you had to drop that of a heart attack because you didn't get the jab, so you're not welcome at this hospital. There ain't nothing to forgive on my side, baby boo. This is a you problem, and we're still talking about it. Yep. Great point. You, however you want, however you want to characterize it, it's either there are people who went completely off the reservation and not even just crazy in a New York City, you know, naked guy dancing in the street saying that he's Jesus kind of a way uh, crazy in a you you are go I'm going uh, you are mine to to dominate like they they turned their crazy on us. Yep. And uh, a lot of plenty of people didn't survive. Yep. Because of that. Yep. And so for them to, to, to try to wipe the clown paint off 
and sit in, back in the classroom again and make like, wow, that was nuts, wasn't it? No, 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 Emily, you freak. Um, given the amount of uncertainty, she says, almost every position was taken on every topic. And on every topic, someone was eventually proved right and someone else was proved wrong. In some instances, the right people were right for the wrong reasons. In other instances, they had a prescient understanding of the available information. The people who got it right, for whatever reason, may want to gloat. Those who got it wrong, for whatever reason, may feel defensive and retrench into a position that doesn't accord with the facts. All of this gloating and defensiveness continues to gobble up a lot of social energy and to drive the culture wars, especially on the Internet. These discussions are heated, unpleasant and ultimately unproductive in the face of so much uncertainty. Getting something right had a hefty element of luck. And similarly, getting something wrong wasn't a moral failing. Treating pandemic choices as a scorecard on which some people racked up more points than others is preventing us from moving forward. We have to put aside those fights and declare a pandemic amnesty. We can leave out the willful purveyors of actual misinformation while forgiving the hard calls that people had no choice but to make with imperfect knowledge. Uh, no. Uh, that's that, 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 you know you know who took a a um, a uh, stance like that in a way was Scott Adams, who's in bad shape. Have you seen any of his Scott Adams from Dilbert? No, I haven't seen any of his stuff, but I despise the way he handled all of it. And I, I he, just in, don't. He's in he's in bad physical shape right now because of the shots. Really? He's uh, I saw a, a few stream like somebody had put a compilation together where it, it looked it had seemed uh, that he might have been at least at one point contemplating suicide because it's like it, he believes it's in, it might be impossible for him to ever exercise again and whatever. But he was obviously part of the go out get shot this is all ridiculous all everybody being anti-science was more nonsense. than that and then when it started real when everybody started realizing uh this was a scam this was a deadly scam it was untested the the people involved there are the same ones involved in actually patenting this damn virus itself and all the other stuff and the lockdowns and the incentives and what they did with everything um he was the one that took that kind of initial stance of, listen, you were right by accident. You had no data to actually come to this conclusion uh, 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 from the get go that you would be you happen to be right now. But it's not because data led you here. And I said, you know, this is some things obviously are not about data. Obviously, some things are about lack of data. And that is that is a, uh, a fact point that should have some kind of weight in the, in the conversation, but everything else is more so about human rights. There's a human rights issue here, aside from the fact that there is no data. And before we started getting the data, those who actually had some information on what this substance was doing to people wanted to lock it up for nearly three quarters of a century. So, um, I've heard that from people like Scott Adams, who obviously is regretting a lot of the decisions he's made up until this point. I, I have a lot to say about that, and not a lot of it is very nice. Um, I don't wish ill on Scott Adams. I'm sad for him. And I Same hope, here. I hope that he, you know, does whatever he can to fix his health. But I also will say that I've watched several episodes of his show where he has had well-meaning audience members attempting to alert him to information to early on 
to get him to understand what was going on. He berated them. He cursed at them. He called them names. He yelled at them. He treated them like subpar human beings. And I've watched it myself. And I have zero forgiveness for anybody who's done something like that to somebody who was genuinely trying to help them. He had every opportunity to just look at what was being sent to him because anybody that looked at that and then still decided, I think has a screw loose. We had data early. I have been pushing anti-vax stuff on this COVID vaccine since the very beginning when we had early reports of what was happening to people and the VAERS reports started trickling in and like, it's been years now. There's zero excuse for it. He has zero excuse for not listening to his well-meaning audience members trying to save him and instead treating them like a piece of dirt on the bottom of his shoe. I don't mean I don't mean to say that he deserves what's happening to him. It's terrible. I hope he gets better. But he was very, very horrible to people that cared about him. That bothers me. That's all I'll mm, say about him. Yeah. Um, ben Shapiro's another idiot. <laughs> And Elon Musk, hey, listen, Elon Musk pushed it. I know. A very, lot of people very, pushed it. Very confidently pushed it. The, the, the science is settled on this. There's nothing. To, I, I wonder how many shots Elon Musk actually took. I don't know. But listen, Rachel Walensky did get them. Rachel Walensky took Paxlovid and had a rebound attack. She believes in, in, the, in the, the Kool-Aid. She got a rebound COVID case. There's no way to get a rebound COVID case unless you're taking Paxlovid, which means you believe in Paxlovid, which means you believe in Pfizer, which means, which means, which means. She's not even indicated to take Paxlovid. She's not. She's not in the category for it. Forget the vaccine part of all of this. We can focus specifically on early treatment and how that was absolutely like these people didn't even want us to get our hands on a safer medicine than Tylenol. They defamed ivermectin. They defamed hydroxychloroquine. I remember early on where do- people I know that take it for lupus, hydroxychloroquine, were being doled out like massive amounts of it and were being told it was because people are now asking for it for COVID. But I think they were trying to eliminate the stockpile so that the people who wanted it for COVID couldn't get it. That's what I think. Just oh, oh, and, and let's never let's never forget what big big pharmacy chains like CVS did to personally inject themselves in between people and their doctors. Oh, they yeah, were refu- refusing. Yep. I, I asked my you know friends over here that work in pharmacies around here, refusing to give people hydro uh, um, uh, ivermectin, no but, matter who was don't no matter what doctor. Again, I, I know politics. Politics trumped people's medical training I will, doctors are it's i will never forget what happened to gigi when she tried to get her ivermectin from the pharmacy they refused to fill it then they lied to her about whether or not they had it she caught one of them in a lie she caught another one in a lie she ended up getting it from them but they wouldn't put it through insurance because i guess you can keep it out of the purview of the regulators that that she had to buy it out of pocket and it was like 300 something dollars with for this tiny off label I mean I'm sorry this tiny um off patent medicine that's produced in mushrooms off the coast of Japan or something I forget exactly where it's produced but unbelievable um on the early treatment front I have a video that I want to play it's Dr. McCullough that everybody I think will appreciate this comes from Adam Carter who shared this with me back when 
it, it's recent relatively, but it's at the bottom of the column that I wrote in response to this. So here we go. To hold on to the position of denying compassionate care to patients and to create fear, suffering, hospitalization, and death is immoral, it's unethical, and in civil court, it's illegal. And all of you will be hunted. Every single one of you listening right now will be hunted and justice will be served. These are considered crimes against humanity. I agree with you, Dr. McCullough. I wonder why they're coming so hard for him. Hmm. Oh, I w oh man, I hope the hunting is real. Oh, I hope the hunting, I hope the hunting is real. I have a column hopefully coming out today at Uncover DC um, that will really blow everybody away. It's, th there is no moving forward without account accountability on this. For, I, you could try and shift the narrative and change things like, like the way they changed. They never said the vaccine would stop the spread. They never said that. Like, yes, they, they did. Yes, they did. Many, many of them did. You, you dumb. I had a little spittle incident just now when I was mocking the leftists. Well, they drool a lot, so <laughs> you actually got became more authentic in that moment. I, I embodied. <laughs> I really channeled the average leftist when I started drooling on air. Oh, Lord. Yeah. So that's that. I, I mean, Professor Emily, to her credit, has left comments open while she's talking about vasectomy, by the way. Look, snip, snip, hooray. Let's all have a cake. Um, yeah. Everything is depopulation, by the way, especially... See vasectomy say so, oh no vasectomy is when you've already had enough children and we need to uh, make a man less less of a man they they wanted they were like well your husband can just have like i'm like no 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 that doesn't seem right to me i think he'll be fine thanks i don't want anybody in there with scalpels and scissors snipping anything thank you very much that's it <laughs> like, oh, good. We'll we'll make do. We'll figure it out, <laughs> Professor. Can you imagine now? Uh, just also, just imagine somebody who has proven that they have no ability to discern wrong from right, fact from fiction, becoming taking it upon themselves to teach a COVID course at Brown University. What kind of what kind of dumb? Oh, my God. Can you imagine what they're learning in that course? She knows nothing about COVID. Nothing. Literally. Nothing. She's going to tell this ridiculous, apologetic version of the last two years, two and a half years, just to be able to appease her own, uh, to, to, to soothe her own internal conflict. Because mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot more guilt there than what she's even letting on in the article. Uh, that's exactly right. The moral dilemma. The moral yeah. dilemma. And you know what? There's a difference. First of all, she never they never apologize. She never apologizes once in that entire column. Not one time does she apologize. Okay. No, it's just, you know, maybe we should all just say no harm, no foul. Yeah. No. No. The problem isn't that they were wrong. The problem is that they were tyrannical, hellish creatures, hell-bent on ruining everything good in the world and killing people all over based on literally zero data just because somebody on the television told them so. It's scary. Yeah, and not only that, 
but we're 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 always going to be living with this at least for the next generation or so that's if there was in some way a stop to this and a resetting of our relations with each other and a reconnecting with uh you know uh decentralized government and and anything else always remember that not only have people lost their lives and they're not getting those back that they're all we're also going to be living with other things for example i was on i went on to instagram really quick the other night and i got slapped in the face with a, a disclaimer that i had i see all over the place now let me see if i actually saved it because i i it might have been an idea of mine that i okay yeah there you go Here's a disclaimer. Um, you click here to learn more. It takes time to count all of the votes. It's expected to take multiple days to count the votes. Yep. So the projected winners of some elections might not be announced yet. This means you could encounter unconfirmed claims that a candidate has won their race. This is another thing that COVID gave us. This idea that after hundreds of years of elections, where this is not rocket science, to make election day, the polls open, the polls close, and they are counted immediately. And we know who the hell is who by the next morning. That is gone after hundreds of years because we got a cold. Yeah. In 2020. Yeah. This is another thing. That the election. This is, this, yes. this is what they have done. This is a permanent. This is something permanent now. There are people now who will never know anything else or even remember anything. Else. There are people who are so gone. They'll be like. How did we ever do it in one night? This is so complex. It's not complex. They have stolen the world. I know. Speaking of which, by the way, there's a really crazy battle for Senate RCP poll out or or their map. Net change GOP plus four in the Senate. So 54 to 46 is what RCP is, is projecting now for the Senate. Why is that? Nevada? Nevada, Arizona, Georgia, um, PA, Ohio, Indiana, Wisconsin, Iowa, South Dakota, North Dakota, Florida, all the every like the only states blue are, are New York, uh, Vermont, New Hampshire's red. New Hampshire. I don't know. They've got Alaska red too, which I'm a little uh, California. New, Ham- New Hampshire was red. New Hampshire. I tell I I know it's a small state. I think it only carries like three or four electoral college votes or something like that. But I spent a lot of time talking about New Hampshire after 2020. It's the only it's the only sane New England state out there. Uh, the entire state during 2020 was awash in, um, you know, uh, conservative leaning politicians that came in and and wiped everything from governor on down. But the, but the state electoral college votes went to Biden. So they 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 turned the whole state red and then they gave their electoral college votes for president to Joe Biden, all the down ballots. So I, I think, uh, though, it's a small state. It's a litmus test of the kind of things that were going on in uh, in bigger places in the country. We used to spend a lot of time there because it was the free state project. There's a lot of liber- tens of thousands of libertarians, lots of libertarians. Do you want to know something? You know who there. was their libertarian c- candidate for governor there? Dr. Carlin Bursenko. Oh, geez. What? Oh, when? This cycle. Now? Yeah. She she is pretending to be a libertarian? She thinks she's a libertarian. 
Oh my God. She might Martha. be a libertarian. I haven't really listened to her, but she's their libertarian candidate for governor. Yeah, whatever. I've always I've always had thoughts about her. Uh, anyway, what else do we got here? Oh, here's Charlie Crist, Frank, in Florida. Demick, hopefully it's behind us, but as Florida's governor, would you be open to mandating or regulating masks? I would be open to doing what scientists advise. Oh, yeah. Yeah, scientists. Okay. You're going to win. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're going to win, you old bastard. Because science. I, I, I'm, I'm just going to defer to science. And if they get it wrong, it's on them. <laughs> That's pretty much what I'm not going to say anything. Um, uh, I have so much up here, but I want to switch to the fun stuff. Let's do it. I, I, that'd be funny. Are you going to mandate mass? If he started chuckling, went, I know what you're trying to do. I'm not going to fall for it. <laughs> he, but he, but, but, but he does want, he does want to mandate shit. Excuse my French. Man, I have a lot of curses in this show today. All right, this is fun to watch. You can't see it, Frank, and neither can the people at the. Let me just note this down really quickly. 54. I was watching this. So the nineteen eighty four. No, 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 nope. That's oh. next. The dancing security guard. All right, here we go. When the security guard is in the way. Yes. Did you see him? I, I I'm seeing it in uh, in delay right now. I but I don't hear anything, so I'm kind of getting. I knew that it was it was it was it had to be. He was part of the act. Yeah, but, but it was so good. I mean, the way this man shakes his hips. All right, I better than I could ever hope to do. Good I'll for him. All right, now now they did a Fetterman Miss Teen South Carolina. I'm glad somebody actually paired this together. Because I um, I was thinking about taking that that video of her dusting it off and, and working it into the show, but I didn't know how I, I I didn't know how cruel it was because you know she didn't have a stroke, but uh, she did. Wait, oh, screw him! <laughs> He's the yeah. one who put himself out there. <laughs> yeah. but, but did you hear this compilation? I, I yeah no no I, I saw the. I saw the the thing posted and I knew exactly what the side by side would be like because I I know all about Miss South Carolina Teen USA. I'm very upset so, about this. Honestly, I never knew she was from South Carolina. Yeah. It's not saying much about our poor state. Here we go. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the US on a world map. Why do you think this is? I don't ever recall in the Statue of Liberty did they say, you know, you know, 
take our tired huddle masses and put them on a bus. I personally believe that <laughs> U.S. Americans. We, we all have to make sure that everyone that works is able to, that's, that's the most American bargain, that if you work full time, you should be able to live in dignity as well, true. But some people out there in our nation don't have maps, and uh, I believe that our ed education, like such as in South Africa. In China, versus over American workers. And uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as. An overwhelmingly majority uh, community of, of black uh, community all understood. I feel so bad for him. Eh. I mean, I, I'm I'm neutral on it. I I, uh, I understand why a little bit more now because I learned about his wife, why this is happening. Why, what it would tell us. She's nuts. Um, and she's even I think she's I don't know if she's a citizen or or whatever, but she is a crazy woke agenda pusher. Uh, she's the one that just said last week she uh, she took an interview with some Zoom broadcast or whatever from the, hell the car it was, from the car talking about how swimming is racist and and all that stuff. When I, when I saw that, I said, ah. Now I know why. Now, obviously, someone like John Fetterman, it's totally within his right to not want to give up public life that he has latched onto for all that time. And I've heard some really terrible things about him in his more well. He's not a good person. That he's not a good person. No. He just, he just, he, right now, he's just in a pathetic state. And um, it, it can trigger, you know, empathy in people. But uh, but when I see her, I'm like, oh, she's also a, you can definitely this is definitely a launch point for her or she's going to try at least because this is a life that she loves. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I, I guess that's it. I have this problem. Honestly, I have a problem with empathy. Uh, it's a massive problem I have. Like there are few people that I don't give it like I won't be empathetic towards. But like I like look at him and it just it hits me somewhere that I can't explain in a bit because he's not a good person and I should be like I f screw him he's horrible but I like mm. all right here we go what happened and I believe that they should believes that I'm fit to serve and and that's what I believe is appropriate and our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. that was the law of the land for 50 years he celebrated when it fell down I should help South Africa yeah again I'm not even gonna finish this it's just a train wreck. Both of them. <laughs> Both of them are a train wreck. Um, one more thing. Halloween in 1984. This is what I remember, Frank. Do you? You were a little young. Uh, no. No, I was born the next year. <laughs> I know. You were negative one. But this is what we used to do. Time. Straight up in New York. This I'm spraying shaving cream. Say with my friends. On yourself or? With a, yeah, on myself and my friends. Okay, is this a Halloween tradition here in Brooklyn? Yeah. Yes, definitely. But what about this woman with shaving cream on her car? They're having a good time. Could have been worse. Could have been eggs. Eggs? What are you going to do with eggs? They're going to throw them at people. We're going to cook dinner. I'm going to hit this kid over. We're going to cook dinner. The excuse in the back. And you know what's funny? They In a second, they call the police a constable. And then they say, the police will be out all night making sure these kids, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, now you get people being stabbed in broad daylight on the streets of Brooklyn, let alone like little kids running around shaving, creaming each other. But look at the interaction between the cop and the children. 
Yeah. Watch, watch, watch this. Yeah. He's taking. They put the eggs away because look at this down the block. A constable on patrol in the mood to confiscate. Let me have it. Come on, please. Let me have it. Come on. He finally did hand it over. As for the rest, they wrapped up their Halloween on the run. New York police say they will be out in force to make sure no one violates the spirit of Halloween or the law. Will Spence, uh, Channel 7. I bring... wish. I, now, th this that, that was still mainly the, the Halloweens I remember, too. It, it, it's still mainly, is, but you just think about it, just the relationship. It's just, ugh. I gosh. miss that. I miss yeah. when that was news. Bring it back. I, I have, um, it's funny because I saw this and I added it to a few other things I've been collecting. I want to do a time machine night. And I there's a, a, an old video that I love. Somebody had compiled high school vi video footage of high school from 1900 to like 2010. Mm. And you, you just see high school children, high school students all throughout the decades. And it's paired up with some of the contemporary music of the time. And I uh, I wanted to do a time machine night with that. And I found this other awesome. Last night, I actually just stumbled upon it. Um, what the hell is it called? Time machine night, my 90s. It, it, let me see here. I, I found something from like 1994 where it's a BBC broadcast about the beginnings of the internet and what it might look like in the future. And it was so well done. Like she emailed the president. Oh, you've got something here. Yeah. Check that out. You, I don't know if you could put it on screen for people. Um, I found this last night. I thought it was incredible. It's called my90stv.com, but you can also go to the 70s, the 80s there too. You turn on the television and this guy has, he has put together tens of thousands of news pieces, music, movies, game shows, commercials, cartoons, everything. And it's all, it, you just turn on the television and you just get this, you can change the channel. You just get old I was watching this for like 45 minutes last night. Oh my gosh. What Go you might say. Skirts or pants. Or I was hanging out in like 1995. Improving it. Making this it is awesome. I'm getting in touch with this guy. I, I made it. I want to interview him. Drives down the left side of the stairway. First down, Bears. Oh, man. That's great. That's great. Yeah. I just got to figure out how, how to turn it into a show. You know, what, what the what the question is. It's, you can't just say, okay, well, we're going to look at all this crap. What's the question to ask? Pretty cool. That's Yeah. But I loved it. We're done for today. I'm not sure yet, but we may have a Steve Friend for Friday's show. Um, FBI whistleblower Steve Friend. We're just waiting for his travel schedule. He had mentioned Friday. I'm going to double, double check with him today. If not, we'll be back on Friday. You guys have been watching and listening to the Dark Delight podcast with Frankie Val on the drums and Beans. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. We'll be back here on Friday. Later. <laughs>